The opinions expressed on this WebmasterRadio.fm program are those of the host, guests, and callers, and do not reflect those of the staff, management, or advertisers of WebmasterRadio.fm. Any rebroadcast or retransmission of this program without the express written consent of WebmasterRadio.fm is prohibited. Welcome to LPO, Landing Page Optimization. Landing page optimization expert Tim Ash is here to show you what it takes to create optimal landing pages. LPO brings you detailed case studies, opinions, and analysis from the leaders of landing page optimization. Now here's your host, Tim Ash. Hi, this is Tim Ash of SiteTuners, your host for LPO, Landing Page Optimization. And this week, I am very lucky to have my friend on the show, Avinash Kaushik. And Avinash is one of the world's foremost uh, thought leaders and evangelists about web analytics and uh, how to make your online marketing more effective. He's also the author of Web Analytics, An Hour a Day, a terrific book. If you haven't picked it up, you should. And the uh, publisher of a popular blog, Occam'sRazor.com. If you want the latest on Internet Marketing Thought Leadership, go to O-C-C-A-M-S-R-A-Z-O-R.com, Occam'sRazor.com. Welcome, Avinash. Hi, Tim. Great to be here. Yeah, thanks for joining me again. So uh, I assume you're up in Mountain View, your home base for evangelizing about web analytics and all things digital. Oh, absolutely. No, I'm I'm very, very happy to be here. I, I heard your prior podcast and they tend to be a lot of fun, so I'm excited. Uh, yeah, we recently had uh, our, our mutual friend Jim Stern on the show. Jim was the head of the Umetric Summit, and uh, one of the things that he was saying is that when I said, well, there's a difference between landing page testing and optimization and web analytics because web analytics just looks at reports and landing page testing is kind of proactive. And he said, well, web analytics is just a part of landing page testing, which is a perspective I hadn't heard before. Uh, what are your thoughts on that? I, I I think that most people who grew up earlier in the era of making decisions on the web, I tend to call them old people. <laughs> <laughs> now, they could be very young of age, <laughs> um, but they tended to be. They tended to think of semantics in a very restricted way, and and it's basically log file parsing or getting access to your data from Google Analytics. I'm not sure. And I think that's a very antiquated mental model, and so I have hypothesized that the right way to think about analytics is to use a lot more sources of data and do a lot more different things. And my definition of analytics is a lot more expansive. I tend to call it Web Analytics 2.0. And, and I tend to agree with Jim that Web Analytics is, is, does a lot more things than simply look at the analytics data. So for me, the, the four or five components of Web Analytics 2.0 is answering the what question from your clickstream data, how much from your clickstream data plus your other sources of data in your company for revenue, things like that. And then understanding the why and seeing the why question using experimentation and testing, using service and usability, but hearing from your customers live, whether it's um, collecting just their voice or actually participating in experiments with them. And the last component of, of WebAntics 2.0 is uh, competitive intelligence, answering the question, what else? So Analytics 2.0 is, is much more broader than the traditional thing of analytics, and it answers these four fundamental questions, the what, how much, why, and what else? And that gets kind of gets you the insights. And in this sort of framework, testing and experimentation, and, and 
is is a key component of it. And in in that in that element, landing page testing especially is is a small component of it. Um, because you can do a lot more experimentation and testing and answer a lot more fundamental life questions um, using the techniques that you've talked about in your book, Tim, as well as what we've learned through online and offline marketing principles. So anyway, that's that's what I tend to think. It's, it's a much broader definition of what it takes to make decisions online than what was espoused, let's say, even a few years ago. Okay, fantastic. Well, one of the things that you'd mentioned is is answering the why question. Um, you know, the, mm-hmm. At the end of the day, uh, what we're doing is we're treating it as data, but really what we're monitoring is human behavior and human decision-making. Um, there's a new class of tools that's uh, recently emerged, and I broadly term it in-page web analytics, that instead of aggregating statistics across a lot of people, allows you to focus in on individual user sessions. Uh, so things like Crazy Egg, Clicktail, Pageizer, and uh, now Pion's uh, software from Atomic Labs, which allows you to replay user sessions. What do you think of those kind of tools as as a source for identifying problems with your website and landing pages? I think the biggest challenge that these tools face, and Crazy Egg is a bit unique in the sense that Crazy Egg does not allow you to playback sessions. What it uh, neither identify unique visitor behavior. What it does absolutely well, fantastically, is it is probably one of the best side overlay tools that I have seen. In in a sense, it gives you heat map type visualization. It gives you confetti type visualization. They're fantastic. It's segmented data, but it essentially tells aggregates behavior of many different people on a single page, and then gives you insights about what happened on that page. And there are components of this site overlay type analysis they can do with clicktail pageizer and things like that now let's let's separate that let's not confuse that with the actual playback of sessions clicktail allows you to playback sessions and tea leaf allows you to playback sessions although at substantially higher cost than clicktail now the challenge with playing back an individual visitor session is that the question you have to answer is, it, it's kind of very cute to be able to do that on, let's say, your blog or mine, Tim. We, we get, you know, uh, last month I had about 100,000 visits, and, and you probably are in exactly in the same range or even much higher. And oh, yeah, maybe is, a tenth of that would be, would be nice on a good day. <laughs> but, but thanks for it. So, so you and I can actually uh, maybe guess, and, and the laws of probability might work in our favor when we go back and look at that data and say, let's pick five, ten random sessions and look at them. Oh, now, imagine a normal, decent website where you might have 100,000 people a day, 1 million people a day. How do you figure out what sessions to watch? And right, because it's basically the limitation is, if you're going to look at individual sessions is you have to play them yes. back essentially in real time. And, you know, how much think, time do you have looking at surveillance <laughs> videos or any other linear it's medium, exactly, right? Exactly right. And, and so people tend to be very enamored by the fact that you can't play back a session. What you don't realize is how do you find the signal from the noise? And most of these tools are very not very well created for finding signal from the noise. And then the other thing is also for you to realize that while there is a lot of uh, hype around the fact that you can track an individual person who will call you on the phone or things like that, the reality is 99.9% of the data you will collect from your website, including if you're a bank with authenticated sessions, most of your data is actually anonymous. Most people mm-hmm. who come to your website are anonymous. They don't log in. They don't tell you password, log in, nothing. So when you pick up the phone and call, how do you know it's Avanash calling and not Tim Ash? How do you find their yeah. sessions? And most people don't, don't deep dive into these things. So 
There it's really hard to, to, to I mean, you've, you've opened up another can of worms, which is, of course, it's really hard to attribute things across channels. Yeah, and if they, you know, walk into your store or pick up the phone to call you and how to exactly. kind of collate exactly. all of that data. Right. So um, I think well, that so there are interesting ways in which you can, um, you can, um, I think what will end up happening is we'll develop ways in which you can look at this data uh, much more intelligently in aggregated way. So, so here is a great report you can get from Clicktail. I'm very fond of this. It takes the, the session of all the people who come to your website, look at a page, and what it tells you, it creates an aggregated scroll report, scroll report. And so, so when you, when you can scroll on the page on your website and see how many people actually scrolled all the way to the bottom. So on average, my posts are about two, two and a half thousand words each. So they tend to be very long with lots of pictures in it. And, and so it's kind of good for me to know how far people scrolled because I'm writing a very long post and I know, oh, these many people made it to the end, right? So okay. that, again, is not individual behavior. It's aggregated data, but it's presented in a way that makes it extremely actionable. So I think I'm okay. very fond of these kinds of things, the ability to, to, to aggregate data, present it in a good way, the ability to deeply segment the data and present it in a good way and, and, and be able to use these kind of things to understand and identify problems with your website. Yeah, so another way of putting it is uh, if I can kind of put this into a framework. So we have, again, just your traditional web page tracking, which happens across pages. So, for instance, if I have three links leading off to another page uh, and I click on one of them, it doesn't attribute which link I used to get to the second page. It just knows that the page flow was from page one to page two. That's your traditional tools. At the other extreme, you have the individual session playback, and that's very granular, but as you say, very time-consuming. So that the the focus and the interesting thing, I think, for both of us is this the new class of tools, which allows you to visually see aggregated data about behavior within a page. How long is someone, on average, taking to fill out a form field? Are they scrolling to the bottom? Bottom. Are they hovering over a link without clicking on it? You know, the, the, that kind of behavior, right? No, absolutely. Actually, WebRTX tools like Omniture and Google Analytics and ClickTracks have been providing site overlay for quite some time. So you should be able to open a page in Omniture or WebTrends or Google Analytics and, and be able to see exactly which link people clicked. What what the, the tools that we are discussing today, like Crazy Egg, have done, they've actually taken it to a substantially higher level. So the confetti report in Crazy Egg actually is particularly good because what it says is not only does it say 15,000 people clicked on this link, it actually shows you a segmented view of that 15,000 and actually tells you 1,400 of those came from search on the keyword Avanash. Two and a half thousand of those 15,000 that clicked on this link came from the Tim keyword Tim Ash Rocks, right? It gives you this, this really next level of insightful view. And, and you can also do that. You can break it down by browser version, by browser resolution, uh-huh. because of course your mm-hmm. monitor size is going to affect the visual relationship of elements on the page. It'll also show you if people People click on things that aren't clickable. A lot of us try to click on images, for instance, and uh, often they're not uh, hotspots. They're not clickable, actionable areas. So it helps you figure out the problems with your page design. Can we focus on that a little bit? What kind of insights can you get about a page by using these kind of in-page analytics aggregation tools and visualization tools? So so one of the things that, for example, I opened my, my blog's in um, my blog in Google Analytics, and right under my top pages on, on the on the right hand navigation, underneath the the pages that talk about about me and all these pages, is a cluster of four links. 
that lead to my profiles on Facebook, LinkedIn, Twitter, and I'm forgetting one more. Um, and I opened the site overlay in Google Analytics, and one of the things I realized after I looked at the data, the click pattern of people on that page, I realized nobody was clicking on those links, or at least not enough, as many people as would have made me happy to click on those links and go to my Twitter profile and all these things. They weren't clicking on this link. And it was very clear. It's, those links are prominent. They're clear. It says connect, you know, big, bold word, and nobody's doing it. And so what I did then did is I, I actually uh, want more people to click on it. And so what I did is I went around the web and looked for some icons uh, for Twitter, LinkedIn, Facebook, Flickr, and FriendFeed. And I found this really nice icon set with small, small icons. And, and I went back into my website. And today, if you look at my blog, you'll see those links now have a nice, square, bold, pretty, sexy icon next to each. So they're more Twitter, prominent LinkedIn, and more likely to get clicked on. Exactly. And, and so I... I it was my hypothesis was they would make people, it will stand out more and people will click more on those. And then I put them live and I waited for two weeks and I went back. I mean, I could have looked at it the next day, but I wanted some, a bunch of data. I went back later and looked at the data. And it turns out that it improved click, clicks on those links by about 42% more. People Great. So, which is what you want them to do. You want them basically to, to involve them into the web of how you communicate and have uh, them join you on Twitter and, and Facebook and others. Well, great. Avinash, exactly. thank you. We're going to take a little break uh, to uh, thank our sponsors here on Webmaster Radio. And after the break, we're going to come back and find out why you like to hang upside down by your fingernails off of rock cliffs 50 feet above the ground. More LPO landing page optimization in just a moment. Does your website need a bailout? Looking for a conversion rate stimulus package? Do you need a website improvement to-do list? On Target, a subscription service from Future Now and Brian Eisenberg monitors your website 24-7, analyzing the actions of every potential customer. It gives you a to-do list. It tells you exactly what to fix and how to fix it so that more of your visitors do what you need them to do. On Target pricing starts at $1,000 a month. See more at futurenowinc.com slash on target. I'm Brian Eisenberg, and I approve this message. Friend Finder. Friend Finder. The world's largest online dating network. Featuring over 100 million profiles at hot sites such as Passion.com and FastCupid.com. Represents enormous profit-making opportunities for webmasters just like you. With Friend Finder's ability to geo-target and provide billing solutions in most languages and currencies, you are sure to find our comprehensive network to be a good friend. Dear Wallet. Wallet. Get more traffic-maximizing details now at FriendFinder.com. Hey, have you got the number for Jerry's Pizza? Look it up on LocalPages.com. LocalPages.com. Well, what if I wanted a business number in Miami? LocalPages.com. Can people find your business online? Be seen with LocalPages.com on every local listing in all the major search engines like Google, Yahoo, MSN, and Ask. With over 6 billion quality searches a month and bids starting as low as one cent, get connected with local consumers at the exact moment that they're looking for you. San Francisco, Green Bay, London. I told you. LocalPages.com. List your business on LocalPages.com now and get $100 in free local advertising. LocalPages.com, bringing your neighborhood to you. Search engine marketing formulated for Web 2.0. SEM Synergy. Live broadcast Wednesdays at 3 p.m. Eastern, noon Pacific, or on demand anytime inside the Search Engine Optimization Channel. On WebmasterRadio.fm. Welcome back to LPO, Landing Page Optimization. Only on WebmasterRadio.fm. Here's Tim Ash. 
Welcome back. This is Tim Ash, your host for LPO, Landing Page Optimization. And today my guest is Avinash Kaushik. And Avinash and I have been having a very far-ranging and wonderful discussion. But before the break, I mentioned that, Avinash, you like to rock climb and uh, Mm -hmm. go bouldering and uh, do weird, scary things. So tell me what motivates (laughs) you to do that. No, it's, it's, you know, it's, I, I, I suppose it's, it's, when it's, it's, the, it's a thrill of doing it and being, being outside and, and trying to do something really hard. And also it's, it's the fact that you can, there are a few times in your life when you can truly be disconnected and <laughs> you're up there <laughs> upside down climbing rocks in search of the hills. It's, it's, it's one of those things where you can, um, you can sort of, by yourself and um, be able to have an amazing sense of peace um, and danger, of course, but an amazing sense of peace. Um, and so it, it, it's sort of very um, therapeutic in many ways, and so I mm-hmm. enjoy doing that a lot. Well, yeah, so it uh, pulls you out of uh, your head, which is where many of us spend uh, <laughs> most of our time, and into your whole being. Would that be a fair way of saying it? No, absolutely. I mean, I always have my, my iPod or my laptop, Blackberry, and some way I'm always connected no matter if I go biking or other exercising or on a plane or anywhere. It's always connected to everything. I think it's once in a while it's great to be just completely disconnected. Yeah. Fantastic. Well, that's a, a good tips, of course, from the master on not only web analytics, but work-life balance as well. Uh, literally yes. balance uh, by your fingernails, <laughs> I guess. Um, so, uh, Avinash, I want to pick up where we were talking uh, earlier in the show. You had mentioned that you, know, you saw testing, uh, landing page testing specifically, as part of a broader testing agenda that basically we should be curious experimenters and then there's a lot more areas in online marketing where testing can be applied. Can you give us kind of your your broad view on that? Absolutely. You know, I think one of the one of the things we have to realize is that testing experimentation has been used in the offline world forever. People who send you catalogs, people who send you snail mail, people who do all kinds of things have actually done testing experimentation all the time. And I think there are tons of questions that we need to get answered online that we cannot answer any other way. And one of the most fantastic ways to overcome limitations of web analytics, overcome limitations of the data and primary keys that are available to us in that data is to actually do uh, think of experimentation and testing as a good framework. So here are some examples. I, I always recommend start with landing page optimization. I mean, it's, just, it's a crime against humanity how bad landing pages are. And, and you know, I, I, the other day I, I searched for a ticket from San Francisco to Barcelona, and I got top ads from Expedia and Orbitz and Travelocity, and every single landing page stunk beyond belief, everyone except for Sidestep. It gave me a good landing page. Every one of them stink. And, and the thing is that it's not the fault of the search engine uh, that I was using um, because oh, the search engine was good. The ads were perfect. In fact, the ad copy repeated uh, flights from Bar- uh, San Francisco to Barcelona, which is the query that I ran. Landing pages all stunk. And it was a single reason I bounced back right away. So one of the fastest way in which you can improve ROI for your website is to make sure that your landing pages don't stink. Go into your analytics tool, look at the top landing pages to your website, look at the bounce rate, gives you clues to where you could start the process of engaging people. Never let your campaigns, never let your campaigns write checks that your website can't cash, okay? So that's, let's just get that out of the way. 
But yeah, I, say, that, Doris, I like to say, uh, keep the keep your promises. Whatever intent people yeah. have that was formed in your ad upstream of your landing page, you have to maintain that continuity, that information sent, and that sense that they're getting closer to their goal. And if they if they ever lose that information sent, they're gone. Absolutely, no. I think that's a great way to think about it. Um, but. Uh, but back to your question, I think I tend to use fencing in much broader concepts. So here's a very simple example. One of the clients came out back and said, look, we sell luxury cars, and we rank number one for all our brand terms in organic. Why the hell should we run paid search ads? And actually, it's a phenomenal question in order to figure out uh, if, if they should do that. Typically, what people would do is say, oh, my gut feel says this is not a good idea, or my gut feel says this is a good idea. And I'm like, Shut up. Let's go back and try it. And so what we did is we did a six-week test experiment where during the six weeks, we pulsed the search spend on those brand keywords on the search engine. And so we would run it at full steam for five, six days, and then we'll go back and make dark. Then we'll run it 20% for three days and go back dark. Then run at, you know, 90, 90% of the thing for nine days and then go dark for a while and then run 10%, right? I mean, so, so you can see how we're pulsing search spend. And, and what we're doing during the time period is, of course, collecting all the data around visits, clicks, clicks to rate, cost per click, and conversions for that experiment. And what we're able to prove conclusively at the end of that six-week experiment is, one, as was, uh, as was sort of doubted by, by the client, there was a 13% cannibalization of, of, by paid of organic. So organic traffic, when the paid search ran ads, dropped by 13% or so. And so that's, that's great. You validated your hypothesis. What was astonishing was that actually paid search brought 38% more people to the website and improved conversions for this particular company by about 42%. Yeah, so obviously there was a huge net gain, and uh, so you know both were right, and in a qualitative sense you could say that. But uh, the bottom line is the bottom line, right? Uh, Was there an increase in profits? Exactly, and they did. Here's another experiment ran recently around 50, in, in all 50 states in stores. The idea was to try to figure out, there's a local ad we take out, a print ad in a newspaper, an ad in a local magazine, or a, or a concert by a celebrity. Which one of those are most, in, uh, most powerful in terms of getting people to come to our website? And rather than just saying, oh, we think this is that, we're actually, we ran, we, we collected data for the first six weeks or so, study, nothing done, pick up the first ad, collect the data, wait a little while, pick up the second ad, collect the data, do the event, pick up, uh, collect the data. And, and at the end of it, what we're able to prove is that the first ad, which is actually in the newspaper, was massively popular. I mean, it drove all kinds of outcomes. The magazine ad did nothing, barely anything actually beyond normal, and the concert by the celebrity actually just shot everything to the roof to drive people online to actually submit jobs. I mean, it just could not believe how much wonderful data was collected so this to validate hypothesis of what we should do offline. So there are tons and tons of things you can do, especially as you think about driving online, offline conversions, that you can actually only truly measure with um, with experiments. A mentality so, of what testing. What is the effect of basically. TV ads? What is the effect of, of, of things that you do online and getting people in certain states to do certain things? All these things can only be done by using uh, rigorous controlled experiments. 
Okay, we're going to come back to that because there's some flaws in your methodology that I want to explore after the break here. But the basic idea is that the web is the measurable touch point, but your activities can be initiated from other media or channels. We're going to take a short break to thank our sponsors here on LPO, Landing Page Optimization. And we'll be back in a minute with my friend Avinash Kaushik. More LPO, Landing Page Optimization, in just a moment. Hey, this is Danny Sullivan from the Daily Searchcast. You know, we love bringing you the news every day, and that's made possible by the sponsorship of BruceClay.com. They've just made Inc. Magazine's list of the fastest growing private businesses. They've exhibited and sponsored at my conferences from the very beginning. Bruce has got that long-standing search engine relationship chart, had been out there with the code of ethics, been a search engine expert in the field for ages. But did you know that Bruce Clay can do more than help you with just SEO? They can do PPC, web analytics, web design, marketing strategy, promotion, and branding. Everything you need for success in the online marketplace, you can check it out from the professionals at Bruce Clay Incorporated. For over 10 years, offices worldwide, they've got answers you need. Check them out today at BruceClay.com. Bruce Clay Incorporated. Are you happy with your landing page performance? Discover how to improve your landing page performance with ConversionCritic.com. Brought to you by Engine Ready. Turn your underperforming landing pages into cost-effective sales-producing machines. Be sure you're not wasting your precious PPC budget. Conversion Critic tools give you the ingredients to create high-converting landing pages. You don't have to be an expert to use Engine Ready's Conversion Critic tools, but you'll feel like a landing page pro. Take the guesswork out of increasing your conversion rate. Visit ConversionCritic.com and boost your conversion rate for free. That's www.ConversionCritic.com. Do you consider yourself a super affiliate? Then listen up. One of the most trusted names in affiliate marketing since 2003, XY7.com, has now launched XY7Elite.com, a private invitation-only affiliate program run by super affiliates for super affiliates. Enjoy private tested offers, weekly deposits right to your bank account or XY7 debit card, XY7 VIP concierge service, limousine transportation to and from major industry events, and the status of being one of the elite publishers. XY7 Elite is not for everyone as you need to be accepted and maintain volume requirements. Think you've got what it takes to be elite? Go to www.xy7elite.com or call 702-216-4000. 702-216-4000. Please hold while we connect you to one of the most sought-after experts in SEO, analytics, and web development. Office Hours with Vanessa Fox, Thursday at 4 p.m. Eastern, 1 p.m. Pacific, or on demand anytime inside the Search Engine Optimization Channel, only on webmasterradio.fm. Welcome back to LPO, Landing Page Optimization, only on webmasterradio.fm. Here's Tim Ash. And we're back. This is Tim Ash, your host for LPO, Landing Page Optimization. And this week, we're continuing our conversation with Avinash Kaushik. Avinash, before the break, you had mentioned running these kind of controlled experiments uh, and using other media. The one drawback that I see, and it's a little, it's different in landing page testing, is that um, you're talking about doing things one after another. And of course, the world has changed between the time you did the first thing and the time you potentially did the second thing. So how do you control for those you know, outside factors and the world changing? So you try, that's the first part of the, the two words you used are very important. You do controlled experiments. 
right? So we know the kind of stimulus that we're providing in a certain area. We give enough gaps between that. The only reason that the test for the paid search ran for six weeks was to make sure that any extraneous, extraneous circumstances that would pollute the data would be actually wiped out and, and allow us to actually get statistically significant insights from the data. So that's actually partly the reason the test was constructed in a way that could be a controlled experiment. But I'll give you another great example. Where it is possible, you can actually do even better. So recently we're trying to figure out what is the best way to actually allocate spend between um, doing video advertising, let's say on YouTube, doing search advertising, let's say on Yahoo, and running um, display ads, um, let's say on uh, on uh, MSN.com, right? Yes. So the idea is I have a million dollars to spend, and how do I figure out what is the best way to spend that money? How do I allocate the money optimally across those three websites and those three advertising channels in order to maximize ROI? And then the way that we end up doing this is actually run a MediaMix model where in around 38 DMAs distributed across the United States, we ran experiments at different levels of spend. And And DMAs, you mean uh, the metropolitan areas, so the the major cities and and major... Okay. And, and they were chosen in, in, across to be across the United States to be representative of the kind of things that the client ultimately wanted to do, ran an experiment over the course of a, of a few weeks, and, and try to figure out what is the optimal mix that would drive the highest CTA um, cost per acquisition for the client. And at the end of it, got tons of of data and of these controlled experiments across these DMAs at different levels of spend allows us to go back and then tell the client that, hey, the optimal way for you to spend money is spend X percent on search. I'm not going to tell you the real numbers, but X percent, X, X percent on search, YY percent on display, and ZZ percent on video. And the interesting thing is as a result of that controlled experiment across DMA, so you have a test and control there, we're able to go back and say your current CPA runs at a dollar Ninety, and by spending money at this particular um, with this particular media mix, we actually lowered it to sixty-three cents. Wow! Think about it. You're spending the same amount of money, running a controlled experiment, collecting data, optimizing your the channel mix that you're going to have to have less than half of the CPA that you were going to get before you decided to run experiments. So that's what I mean to say. I, th- I think I think that experiment, the field of experimentation testing, people tend to think of it a lot more narrowly than they need to. I think it's a powerful tool. Um, to actually answer some of life's fundamental questions well beyond how can I fix this page or what color should the buttons be? And I'm not saying that that's not something of value. Time and time again, you have, you have proven, Tim, yourself, and we have all proven collectively that that thing can be of value. But I, I strongly encourage people who listen to this podcast and who, who, who have access to your brain and, and who are your clients to think a lot more expansively because you can truly change the world by the kinds of questions that you can answer for them. Well, I'm going to take you down from that uh, aspirational uh, multi-campaign cross-channel world and actually back to what you're talking about, which is just simple landing page testing. So let's narrow Uh our focus for a second. Um, I I know that you'll probably agree with me on this. Um, A lot of people are actually scared by landing page testing because they think it's so complicated. There are a lot of moving parts, you know, what to test, the math and knowledge of statistics, the technical setup of the test, analyzing the data. So um, what's the best way to get started and have a good outcome and build momentum for a culture of landing page testing? Testing within a company. 
Sure. I, I think the first thing you should do is you should go back and run the report that I just did a few minutes ago. Crack up on web trends, look at the top and 20 entry pages to your website, look at the bounce rate, and go tell your management how much you suck. That's really the first thing you need to do. <laughs> That's, that you, you start the culture by embarrassing the company, embarrassing yourself about how bad things are. It's easy so as I like to say, to the baby, and, your baby is ugly. You have to admit that first. Yeah, it's, it's, it's kind of tough. You need to do that first. The next thing you need to realize is that there are many wonderful web uh, optimization tools in the marketplace, uh, including the free Google Website Optimizer. So Absolutely. Fantastic to get tool. started. It's 100% free. You can start tomorrow morning. You don't have to use Google Analytics. You don't have to use AdWords. I mean, although you should probably do those things, but you can start for free just using the Google Website Optimizer, and you control what data you send to it and all that. So there are lots of uh, checks and balances built into place. There are also other wonderful tools you can use. You can use the tools uh, like Alphamatica and Optimo, SiteSpec. They're all paid tools. If you have money to spend, go ahead and use those. Those are wonderful tools that will do the job that you want them to do. So yeah, just a quick shout out. Our, new, our tuning engine technology, is, uh, which is you know, fully automated uh, landing page testing, is now available as part of the OnDialog landing page creation system. So that's uh, another option for folks out there. Sure. Um, the other thing that the next thing to think about is how hard is it to actually do the real test? And, and the thing is, I always encourage people to start with an A/B test. Don't go multivariate. Don't go all crazy. Don't try to don't try to you know sleep with somebody on the first date. It's just not wise. Start slow. <laughs> start steady. And and you know and and so you, you what you do is you say okay let's pick the page the landing page the entry page from the report that we just ran uh, with the worst worst bounce rate and then it's okay there's something wrong with this page let's go back and look at it and let's come up with two ideas of improving it right I'm not asking for a lot two ideas oh notice there's a dancing monkey on the homepage well on that landing page let's let's instead of a dancing monkey let's try a smiling baby right that, there's one test right there. Right mm-hmm. or you know the big there's no call to action on the page. You know most people who come to this keyword are coming on. I want to buy iPod right now, and there's actually no no call to action on that page. Well, let's create a call to action. And so you you have two versions of the page. Then you log into Google Website Optimizer. Really, all you need to do is tag that landing page. Simple JavaScript tag. And just tag the conversion page, whatever conversion you want, whether you want a conversion to be an order, you want conversion to be the cart, you want conversion to be the product page, right? Put those two tags, log into the Google Optimizer, log in your two creatives. Number one creative is, is, let's say one creative is your default page. The second creative is not the dancing monkey, but the smiling baby. You go and QA the test and you hit submit. Done. So, so basically, uh, what I hear you saying is you don't have to go crazy because there are a lot of mathematical gotchas. I think a lot of people uh, mess up on multivariate testing because they really don't understand the math behind it and they're not qualified to make some of the judgment calls along the way. Uh, but simple A-B split testing can get you a really long way. There's a We just did a case study on our blog, blog.sitetuners.com, about Credo Mobile, and it was, uh, at the end, a simple head-to-head test test based on a best practices revamp of a landing page. And there was an 84% lift in conversions and signups for that offer. Uh, it doesn't, you don't have to do fancy stuff. You can just put all of your good ideas into one alternative page redesign and, and that's your test. 
So uh, we're, we're, exactly. we're running short you don't have of time. To start very, I always recommend that, you know, it's, it's like a child growing up, you know. You, 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 you start simple and it gets complicated as, you, as your corporations get gets more sophisticated. And as you get more sophisticated, if you need help from the outside, get help from the outside. Somebody can get you going very fast or will train people in your company and things like that. Start with AB and aspire to be go to multivariate, but uh, don't just jump, you know, the, 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 the process because it, it, it tends to, to make people underestimate what it takes to be successful. And, but if you start simple and keep gradually becoming more sophisticated, uh, success will, it's highly likely that you'll be more successful. Yeah, actually, I see the, and I think you may agree with this sentiment. I see the problem as not multivariate versus AB. I see the problem is that people think about doing multivariate, and then they think about how complicated it is, and then they don't do anything. So really, if there's one takeaway from this, it's that go do something. Go just do a simple headline change. Headlines or calls to action are very powerful ways to impact Mm -hmm. your site. Can you think up a better headline, or can you think up, pardon the same old tired thing, a better button color or button text to use on your call to action? Those are very simple changes to make, right? Exactly. And, and so start simple and be more sophisticated over time. And, and you know, set aspirational goals that you're going to get to multivariate. Set aspirational goals that you're going to do very complex mechanics modeling experiments. Start simple, though. Fantastic. Well, Avinash, I want to ask you uh, what you're up to and you're up and about. Uh, are you going to be in any upcoming shows or conferences that our listeners might be attending? Um, I, I am going to be at at, um, at some of the some of the SES is coming up um, in San Jose. I'm going to be at SES, and then the conferences in Vancouver and, and a few in Europe. Um, but um, it's it's interesting to meet people in the testing world anywhere that they are. <laughs> Uh, well, if you if you happen to be at Search Engine Strategies at uh, in San Jose, I highly recommend it. I'll have a couple of sessions there as well. Uh, stop mm-hmm. by and see Avinash and myself. And uh, I want to thank you again, Avinash. Uh, this has been Tim Ash, uh, your host for LPO Landing Page Optimization. Thank you, Avinash. I hope you'll come back and uh, and share your wisdom with us again. Thank you. It's been a delight. 